Happy Labor Day to both the United States and Canada. Whether you're cooking out or just enjoying a day off, rest is important, and we can thank the Lord for the concept of rest. I know I do. There's news on this Labor Day. Another piece of World War history has been discovered. Five sunken World War I ships in the Natchez River in Texas. As the war to end all wars raged on, Texas was a hub for ship production. And when the war ended, ships were left in the harbor, just abandoned. Eventually they sank, lost to history, until last week. The Texas drought has brought water levels critically low, so much that the tops of these ships were visible above the surface of the water, to everyone's surprise and historians' delight. New discoveries. That happens every time we open the Word of the Lord. Scripture testifies that history, all of it, is all about Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Labor Day, we're continuing in a series we started last week called War and Grace. Every day, I am reminded of the words of the late Eugene Peterson. He was a pastor, and something he would tell his congregation over and over is that the Christian life is a long obedience in the same direction. Now, that may not blow your mind, but the more I think about it, the more profound it is. We are called to a steady walk with the Lord, and He knows we all struggle. But He's with us, so we can be faithful even when no one is looking. And there's a story from the old war days that I want to share today with you that I think models this long obedience in the same direction perfectly. His name was Charles Fraser Smith. He looked like an average citizen going about his everyday life, but behind the scenes, he was an asset for the British intelligence, and he helped in ways no one ever knew. Charles Fraser Smith was born in 1904 in Hertfordshire into a very upper-class family. He was orphaned at the age of seven, and was brought up by an aunt and uncle who were zealous Christians who had missionary interests in North Africa. The story of Charles Fraser Smith, as told by the late Don Stevens, a pastor in England, called home by the Lord a couple of years ago. He left us with a book of these wartime biographies. There was so much I didn't know about these faithful men and women, even though I'm a World War buff, because they aren't stories of how the war was won or lost, but stories of how the Lord wins his people, no matter where they are. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of this book called War and Grace for your gift to the ministry. As you read it, there's a lot to learn, believe me. But you'll also be brought to your knees as you remember how faithful the Lord is in your life. So give us a call after the program. Make a gift to the ministry, but ask for the book, War and Grace. Our number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can visit us online at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. You'll find resources like the video we shot with the late Louis Zamperini and a special blog post about his life. You can experience that make a gift, and also order the book. 
haventoday.org. And now let's get started. Here's an opening song with Shane and Shane. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I Crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always. i 
Shane and Shane, whom shall I fear? God of angel armies on A Haven Today and a program called War and Grace. I'm Charles Morris. It's Labor Day, and we're still in a series that we started last week called War and Grace, God's Grace in the Midst of the Horror that was World War II. So many stories and so many powerful testimonies of grace from a Holocaust survivor to a Japanese pilot at Pearl Harbor. But no matter how often we rehearse the story, we have a hard time in our modern world understanding the desperation of this awful war, especially in the early days. Listen to one of the most famous people in history, the British Prime Minister, Winston Churchill. In the dark days at the beginning of the war, he rallied his people with these words. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it was subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. For so many, the world war felt like the clash between good and evil, and the victor would change the world forever. It was scary. You can picture that with the voice of Winston Churchill a moment ago. People were desperate to see justice prevail. This desperation often led to ingenuity, which is where we meet up with Charles Fraser Smith, the man in the background. To help me tell this story, here again is the familiar voice of Don Stevens. Charles Fraser Smith was born in 1904 in Hertfordshire into a very upper-class family. He was orphaned at the age of seven and was brought up by an aunt and uncle who were zealous Christians who had missionary interests in North Africa. In his late teens, he was on holiday in Little Hampton, where his elder brother was organizing a beach mission. One night, after hearing the claims of Christ presented by his aunt, he became a Christian. And very early on in his Christian life, he gave a talk at a Crusader Bible class at Watford, and his brother told him in no uncertain terms that he was no good at public speaking. Charles accepted that graciously, and at the same time, in his own soul, he was experiencing the call to be a foreign missionary. He attached himself to the Open Brethren, and spent about three years in the practical study of farming, so he could go to Morocco, in what we now often call an industrial missionary. Fraser Smith, he went to Morocco in 1926. For 14 years, he ministered as a gospel-proclaiming farmer surrounded by Muslims. He even oversaw some of the farms belonging to the Moroccan royal family. But by 1940, the world had drastically changed. Once again, 
A pastor from Liverpool, Don Stevens, picks up the story. And the French rulers of Morocco decided to support Hitler in the Second World War. He had no intention of growing food for Hitler, so he took a ship at Casablanca with his wife and made a hasty return to Britain. They stepped onto English soil at Liverpool's Pier Head in 1940 with 30 pounds between them. At first he went to work at the Avro Aircraft Factory at Eden near Leeds and one day, one Sunday at the Brethren, uh, Brethren Chapel in Leeds he was asked to explain what he'd been doing in Morocco. In the congregation there was sitting Professor F.F. F. Bruce but more importantly two men from the Ministry of Supply these men from the ministry realized they were listening to a man with a very unorthodox intelligence who had an extreme inventiveness and an ingenuity that was unusual. What he'd done in Morocco made that clear. One of those men was the director general of the Ministry of Supply. He offered Fraser Smith what he called a funny sort of job, which would help Britain. What happened next remained a classified secret until the 30-year rule made Charles Fraser Smith feel free to tell the story in his 1981 book, The Secret War of Charles Fraser Smith. The intelligence services gave him a cover story. He was to be a civil servant in the clothing department of the Ministry of Supply. He seemed like a run-of-the-mill civil servant, but Fraser Smith was anything but that. He was actually fighting a secret war behind the scenes. In fact, he was busy inventing and providing unusual gadgets and equipment to the British intelligence services, British POWs, and down pilots behind enemy lines. Listen one more time to Don Stevens as he finishes this true story. Everything he did in his secret war was prayed about. And he also found time to run a Bible class every Sunday at three o'clock throughout the war. And he says he never missed a Sunday. And of course he was attending church and serving the Lord there too. Ian Fleming, who was then with Naval Intelligence, admired Fraser Smith's gadgets. One was golf balls with compasses inside which were sent in Red Cross boxes to prisoner of war camps. After the war, Fleming created James Bond, who's always supplied with ingenious gadgets by a character called Q. For instance, those golf balls reappear in the film Diamonds Are Forever. The real cue was, of course, Charles Fraser Smith. Indeed, his biography is called The Man Who Was Q. And the book tells about his amazing wartime exploits. Charles knew he was the model for Q. And because he objected to the way Fleming had written about women, he decided to make the situation count for Christ. And in a few short years, in his 70s and in his 80s, he produced four books giving details of the real Hugh gadgets, but insisting that the prophets went to missions working in North Africa. 
and at least £50,000 is known to have been raised as a result of that decision. With the war over, he bought a farm near Barnstaple in North Devon. He used his fame as opportunities for Christian witness. Several TV programmes were made about him, and not one excluded mention of his work for the Lord Jesus Christ. With years of devoted Christian service for Christ behind him, he died aged 88 in 1992. He wrote the following, and he asked for it to be read at his funeral. I always think of death not as a sunset, but as a sunrise, a beginning. Death for the true follower of Christ is entrance to real life. This starts at the death of the cross and through the blood of the cross. In keen anticipation and in triumph, we can say with Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So for me, death is swallowed up in victory. Well, none of us is going to ever be able to copy his cue gadgets. But by faith in Christ, we can all have a victorious end like that. And praise God for it. If you and I were to meet Charles Fraser Smith back in those days, we would have undoubtedly have thought he was an average, unassuming man. We would have seen a civilian who worked in a clothing department of a British government agency. Nothing more. Or at least... That's how it would have seemed to us. Our brother in Christ, Charles Fraser Smith, didn't look like much. He didn't appear to be a great warrior or a charismatic general, but he fought a secret war behind the scenes. He was responsible for many successes in the war against Nazi Germany, helping to win battles and save lives from his office far from the front lines. A long obedience in the same direction. He was working unnoticed, but he was faithful. You and I are in a similar situation. We're not fighting Nazis, of course, but we are fighting a much more serious war, and it's all around us, the war of light and darkness. Much like Fraser Smith, the church often seems average and unassuming. Sometimes we have our infighting, but there is a secret war being fought, and it's being fought by believers walking the long obedience in the same direction. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What weapon do we have in this fight? The gospel of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And because of this gospel, we are never desperate in this war. Day in and day out, we walk by faith in the Lord Jesus, and he alone will surely bring us home. You and I will one day follow Charles Fraser Smith into death, or real life as he called it, but we will go with the hope and expectation of God's victory. Many battles remain to be fought, but because of the work of Jesus 2,000 years ago on the cross, the victory is already won. The dark tried to hide you and steal you away. Tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you, he tried, but he lost. 
Haven today in a program called War and Grace. That was Laura's story. You cannot be stopped. The story of Charles Fraser Smith reminds me of my own life. No, I'm not a secret agent. I'm not secretly working with the governments of my country. What I mean is this, and I'm sure if you've walked with the Lord for any amount of time, you'll know what I'm saying. The Lord has shown me mercy and grace that no one else will ever see or know. He's been with me through the darkest of times, but he's also with me in the boring of times. Those times when from the outside looking in, nothing seems to be happening, but he's there ministering to me, strengthening my soul, helping me walk with him. A story like Charles Fraser Smith's brings us face to face with the Lord and how he works in our own lives. His eye is on the sparrow and he faithfully watches over us. And this is just one of 13 stories that you'll find in Don Stevens' book, War and Grace. 13 stories that'll lead you to a deeper faith as you reflect on how the Lord Jesus has saved you. I want you to have War and Grace this July so that you can fall deeper in love with Christ, your Savior. Would you call us right now? Would you make a gift to the ministry? And be sure and ask for, and we'll send it to you right away, War and Grace. Our number is 800 Six, five, four, twenty-eight, thirty-six, eight hundred, sixty-five Haven, or go online, and there you'll find resources like the video we shot with the late Louis Zamperini, and a special blog post on his life. You can experience all of that. Make your gift and order the book War and Grace at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org, and if you'd like to hear my full 30-minute interview with Louis Zamperini. We have that posted on our Great Stories podcast. Look for it at haventoday.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? And again, we will share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Holiness. It's something we talk a lot about, but how many of us can define it? 
If we consult dictionaries, we don't get much help. They'll tell us it means set apart, but set apart as what and for what? Original languages will tell us the word has something to do with sanctity. The temple is holy, the people holy, God holy. But Exodus 3 gives us a story that tells more about holiness than our word studies can. Moses, walking along the way, sees a burning bush. He investigates. Take off your shoes, the Lord says. You're on holy ground. Wherever the Lord is, that place is holy. Good news. Christ dwells in us by the Spirit. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.